0: Welcome to Kuhau Podcast. We thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know that you are a part of a new loving family. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you and transforms your life. Now stay tuned for today's message. You, you ever think about what your life message is? Uh, I mean, your life message is uh, its what's important to you. It's what you value. I mean, uh, if you would ask... Starbucks, what's, what's their message? You would say coffee. If you would ask Ralph Lauren what their message is, you would say uh, fashion. If you were to ask Con Ed what their message is, they would say pay your bill. We can turn your lights off. As a Christian, Jesus is what's important to me. Jesus is what I value. Jesus is my message. Jesus is my life message. I should be preaching Jesus whether I'm saying something or not. And there was a guy in the Bible who he had one message and then Jesus intervened and he had a life change and so he had a message change. I don't know anybody knows who I'm talking about. but This guy was, I mean, this guy was intense. This guy wrote 13, possibly 14 books of the New Testament. This guy was no joke. Few have impacted history quite like This guy, I mean, this guy was so passionate about the message that he didn't care what happened to him. I mean, this guy was shipwrecked and beaten and left for dead and stoned and whipped and thrown in jail and bit by a snake. I mean, this guy would walk 20 miles a day because he felt everybody had to hear this message that changed his life. Anybody know who I'm talking about? But before Paul was Paul, Paul was... So before we meet Paul, let's meet Saul. You say, Jordan, um, Jesus is our message, so why are you talking about Paul? Because I want to, and I have the microphone, and I was asked to speak today, so I'm going to say what I want. You good with that? You guys open up to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 9, I'm going to read about this guy, but before we do, can I pray? Lord Jesus, as a church and as individuals, we want you to be our message at all times, whether we're saying something or not. That because we've had a life change, we have a message change, that we're so passionate about this message, about this gospel, that we know everybody's got to hear it and we'll do whatever it takes for them to hear it, for them to see it in us as we walk through this journey called life. I pray you help us speak to our reality, speak to our situation. Help us to see things as you see them. Help us to respond to this call to action, people, on your marks, get ready, get set, let's go, amen. Acts chapter nine, verses one through 15, ready? Also wanted to say before I read, uh, I'm so happy and proud of this church reaching out to the community. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I run our outreach uh, for our church, Christ Tabernacle. My parents are our senior pastors. Uh, Michael and Maria D'Urso, which is, I always say this, but you know, when you get called into the pastor's office by your parents, you're like getting counseled and spanked, never a good thing. But I run our outreach and uh, yesterday we had a black party and we gave out backpacks with school supplies and, uh, and just different things. And it was such a blessing just to invite the community and just say, hey, we don't wanna just tell you Jesus loves you, but we wanna show you Jesus loves you. And be an arm out to the community saying, I want to meet you in your need, I think that's what Jesus always did, right? People were hungry, he didn't do something else, he gave them food, he spoke to the situation, so I I think this is an awesome thing that you guys are doing, so proud, Uh, obviously your pastors and I were talking all the time, like, okay, how do we do this better, how can we help, and um, just so blessed to to, to see what you guys are doing, 300 backpacks, and we could do more, right? Okay, Acts chapter 9. Meanwhile, we'll talk about meanwhile, we'll talk about what was happening. Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus. So that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, those are Christians, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared. Somebody say, as he neared. As he neared. He neared. As he got close, as he got right there, as he neared, Damascus, on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. This is an ultralight beam. No, Kanye, no. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, it's my Jesus voice, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord, Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying in a vision. He has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I've heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, go... This man is my chosen instrument. Quick run through. At this moment, Saul is about, he's in his early 30s, so same age as Jesus. Uh, Saul uh, grew up kind of in royalty. His parents were Pharisees. He was on his way to becoming a Pharisee. He had a uh, Roman citizenship, plus he was a Jew, uh, so he was able to travel. He had the express passport. He could go wherever he wanted. Uh, this guy spoke uh, Greek. Hebrew and Aramaic and possibly Latin. This guy when he was, uh, 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 when he was 13 years old, he actually, uh, his parents, uh, because they were Pharisees and they wanted him, uh, young Saul, to learn, they sent him with one of the, the, the best teachers of the law named Gamaliel, they, they said, hey, go with Gamaliel for six years and study the law. For six years, Saul, under one of the best teachers, learned about the law, the law was everything, the law was his message, he was passionate about the law. These guys uh, in the Sanhedrin, it was like a group of, 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 of guys that were just uh, making sure that the law was uphold, they said, hey, if X happens, then Y is the legal consequence, there's thou shalts and thou shalt nots, law, 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 if you deserve, you do this, you deserve this. And they said, everybody has to obey the law, and if you don't, then you get punished. Then something happens, there's a consequence, if you don't obey the message that we have. And they were passionate and passionate and passionate about the law. There was no wiggle room. Those who upheld the law had no grace. Law was everything. And Saul was one of these guys that said, the law, the law, the law, the law is where it is. This is our message. Everybody needs to obey it. I mean, this is the law of Moses. This is the Torah. This is God's instructions. Everybody needs to obey the law. They were the bad boys. Bad boys, what you gonna do? What you gonna do, right? Like, we're coming for you. This is the, I love to sing while I preach. That's okay, I'm gonna sing. I don't care, I can't sing. I don't have a good voice, but I got the mic. Anyway, so. Now what's crazy is we first meet this villain, this all around bad guy, Saul, who's got the law in his pocket confident about his message. We first meet him in chapter seven of the book of Acts, where there's another guy named Stephen, and he has a different message. His message was Jesus, and he was preaching this message, and the other people who didn't agree with this message, who had the other message, said, hey, you didn't get the message, you got the wrong message, and you deserve to pay. I don't like what you're saying, and so they take Stephen And they take them to a certain place, and they're getting ready to stone them. Looking for rocks. Everybody finds their rock. Steve is standing over there. And then it says that the guys take off their outer cloaks. Girls, you know what this is, right? When you're about to get in a fight, you're like, "Uh, uh-uh. Oh, my goodness. You start taking off stuff, right? Because it's about to go. You don't want anything getting in the way of this rotational functionality in your throwing arm as you are about to beam a massive rock at this guy's head because he's got the wrong message. And they take off their outer cloaks and it says that they walk on over and they lay them at at the feet of the leader of the pack, a guy named Saul, who didn't throw a rock, but he okayed the, the murder, he okayed, he said, he did this, so he deserves this. He was standing there with that grin like, yeah, man, get him. He's got the wrong message. He deserves to die. Saul was passionate about persecuting the church, both in chapters 21 and 26. Uh, Then then Paul, he's giving his testimony, and he says, I was passionate. I I would go from house to house to house seeking out Christians and giving them what they deserve. And so this is Saul going from house to house looking for Christians, looking for those that have the wrong message and saying you did this, the law says you deserve this and I'm gonna make sure that the law is carried out. And so this meanwhile we get to chapter 9 when we read and it says meanwhile this is Saul running around doing what he thought he was supposed to be doing. He He didn't think he was doing the wrong thing, he literally was confident that he had the right message. And it says that he goes up to the bosses, he goes up to the high priest and he's like, hey guys, uh, I need more warrants, I need more licenses to kill, I need more uh, orders to go get these Christians. Uh, so, uh, and they're like, but Saul, you you know, you've already got all these warrants and all these orders. That, yeah, yeah, I, I finished all those, I got everybody, they're either dead or in jail, everything's carried out. It's good. And they're like, Saul, don't you want a day off? No, no, no. I, I need more orders. I need more warrants. Like, Saul didn't even wait for them to call him. He literally went to them and was like, man, they got the wrong message. They deserve to pay. I need more orders. I need more warrants. Give them to me. He says, okay. Here you go. Go get them. They're in Damascus. So he starts walking towards Damascus. And from Jerusalem to Damascus is 135 miles on horseback. This took days, possibly a week. I think to myself, Jordan, would you ride a horse and go out of your way 135 miles to tell people about Jesus, I don't get why there's So many people that oppose us that are willing to go harder and willing to go farther to stop us and to shut us up. Then we are willing to go tell them what actually can save them. I mean, Saul was out with a vengeance. 135 miles on a horse was nothing to him. He was like, I'm going to go get those Christians. And if you imagine, days are going by and at night it was dangerous to travel. So they would usually either go into a hotel or 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 stop and and build a fire and build camp and and I just imagine I mean when I read the bible I just kind of imagine you know them on the horses or at camp or having dinner and they're talking about the game plan they're talking about what's going to happen when we get to Damascus I mean we're going to get those Christians those stupid Christians those those guys that got the wrong message oh we're going to get them when we get there we're going to get them maybe they're laughing about what already took place, they're laughing about Stephen and what happened to him and when the rocks actually hit his head and that first sign of blood, yeah, he got what he deserved and all the people that are in jail, I mean, I mean they're talking and they're, 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 they're thinking about this, like, yeah, we got the right message, they got the wrong message, they deserve to pay and, and they're, they're on this journey for 130-something miles, but as he neared, see, as he got close, the law in his pocket. He could see Damascus over uh, in the nearby distance. Maybe he sees some of the chimneys and the smoke going. Maybe he sees some of the lights on. Maybe he, He's getting close. Maybe he can smell. Like he's so close he can smell it. Like I don't know what Damascus smelled like, but that's kind of weird. I don't know why I said that. But like it's so close. Like they're so close. They're right there. And Saul was so close. But man, he was so far. And right when he gets near, the law was on its way to take away the freedom of those people, to go punish those people, to persecute those people, to whip and beat those people down. The law was so close, and then Jesus steps into the situation. Jesus steps in with a light, he reveals some stuff, he exposes some stuff, Saul and his companions fall off their horses, fall to the ground, and then Jesus starts to speak to Saul. Saul was on his way to ruin the lives of others and ruin his life even further, and Jesus steps in, shines a light on the situation, and begins to talk to him, and he calls him by name. And I say, Jesus... Why are you talking to this man? Kill him! Did you not see what he just did to Stephen? Did you not see all the people that are in jail, all the the family members at the courthouse trying to get their family members out of jail, or Stephen's family at the cemetery burying Stephen and throwing flowers and crying over? Like, why are you talking to this guy? Kill him! Did, did Jesus speak to the other two guys? It says, the other two guys kind of heard a noise, uh, but they didn't understand what was coming out of that noise. They didn't understand what was happening. And so the spotlight was zeroed in on Saul. I, I hope the other two guys got saved, but it doesn't say that. The spotlight zeroed in on Saul. Jesus was specifically speaking to Saul. The other two guys were there with the same passion, same mission, same game plan. But this, this calling was direct and Jesus starts it off with Saul Saul Jesus in the New Testament repeats a name twice four different times in the Bible and every single time it was like man you thought you knew what you was doing but you got it all twisted you thought you knew That you had the right message, but you actually had the wrong message. You thought you were serving me. You thought you were doing the right thing, but in actuality, you had it all wrong. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you thought you were the city, the holy city where people would come to worship, but I tell you every single prophet that I've sent to you, you've killed them. Jerusalem, Jerusalem. Simon, Simon, you thought you was ride or die. You thought you was going to be with me to the end, but I tell you, before the rooster Crows, you're gonna deny me three times. Simon, Simon, Martha, Martha! You thought you were doing the right thing by serving the table and serving the food, but I tell you, your sister, who was at my feet, actually chose the right thing. Jerusalem, Jerusalem. Simon, Simon, Martha, Martha, Saul, Saul, you thought you had the right message, you thought you were doing the right thing, you thought you were on the right road, you thought you were on the right track, you thought you were supposed to take that job or go out with that girl or go out with that guy or do this or do that, but I'm I'm calling you out by name, I'm shining a light on the situation, I'm exposing some stuff and I'm, I'm zeroing in on you, I'm calling your name, Maria, Maria, John, John, Jason, whatever it is, Jordan, Jordan, I'm calling you out by name saying, Man, you're going down the wrong road. You thought you had it right. But I'm here to let you know I'm here to literally stop you dead in your tracks to say, "Man, you got it all wrong. I've got a better road for you. I got a better path for you. I've got a better mission for you. I've got a better Message for you, and Saul's on the floor, and you have to think. I mean, he's—he's got to be thinking, what in the world is happening right now? I mean, I thought I knew what I was doing. I was confident about what I was doing. I—I I, I, was—I was—I had this track. I had this whole life plan. It was all working out. I was, you know. Uh, on my way to be a part of the Sanhedrin. I'm doing all this stuff, and I studied with the best teacher, and, and I, I got all this stuff under my belt. I'm Roman, and I'm Jew, and my parents are this, and I, I had it all together, and Jesus starts to have a conversation with him and wipes it all off the table. He says, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Come out. Jesus... You're up in heaven at the right hand of the Father, chilling in heaven with gold streets and all these people bowing down and worshiping you. What do you mean why you persecute me? Like, he didn't say, why do you persecute my people? He didn't say, why do you persecute my church? He didn't say, why do you persecute them? Jesus said, why do you persecute me. and here's why because when you and I sons and daughters of the living King, when we go through troubles and we go through struggles and we go through storms and we go through deserts and valleys, Jesus steps in and he takes it personal. He's like, hey hey, you know that boy's like, hey you mess, you mess with them, you mess with me." Jesus steps in and intervenes and takes it personal when he when anything messes with you, he takes it personal He says, hey, that's my boy. That's my girl. you messing with them you mess with? And Saul's just completely confused. He's like, but, 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 like, who, like, who are you, Lord? Like, I I don't get it. And he's like, Jesus, the one you're persecuting. And Saul's got to be like, 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 Jesus, like, like Jesus, the one that was walking around Galilee doing all those miracles, Jesus? Like, that Jesus? Yeah, 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 that's, that, that's me, that, that Jesus. Like, Jesus, like, the one we just switched out Barabbas for Jesus, like Easter Jesus, like the one that went on the cross, Jesus, the one that said he was the son of God, like that Jesus, like the Jesus that like I'm literally on my way to straight up murder people because they believe in you, Jesus, like that Jesus? Yeah, 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 me, that's, that's me, that Jesus. And Saul's so completely confused. I was like, what in the world is happening right now? And then Jesus, like a boss, was like, red light, stop. I I have a different mission for you. I have a different message for you. I I want you to actually go into the town that you were about to go into with the wrong message. I want you to go wait there and receive a new message. And I'll let you know. I'm going to send somebody to let you know what the the, the new deal is. So Saul gets up, says he couldn't eat or drink anything for three days. I mean, imagine his soul is, I mean, confused and being tortured. Maybe he's thinking about Stephen and all the people that were in prison now because of him and all the people that got beaten up or that are dead and the families. I mean, he is just, you have to imagine what's going on in Saul's mind. And it says he gets up from the ground and he's blind for three days. Very similar to Jesus being out of sight for three days, and then death, life, resurrection. And so now Saul's in Damascus. And Jesus makes another stop, and he goes over to Ananias. He says, Annie, hey, man, I got a message for you to deliver. And Ananias is like, of course, Jesus, whatever you want, I got you. Uh, great. I-, I want you to go tell this person this. Uh, sure. Uh, the guy's name's Saul. Okay. Yep. But what's his like? What's his like Instagram handle so I could I could look it up so I know who I'm talking to. And, and Jesus is like, yeah, at Saul of Tarsus. And-, and Ananias is like, what? That guy's the worst. What are you talking about? That guy is literally on his way here to kill us, to put us in jail, to take away our freedom, to beat us up, to stone us. To whip us, to do all these horrible things. And you want me to go deliver a message? This is a suicide mission. And Jesus says, that guy, that guy that you think is the worst, that guy that you've counted out, that guy that you said could never do anything good in his life, that guy that's done so many horrible, bad sins already that you say could never be used in the kingdom of God, that guy, yeah, yeah, that guy, that guy is my chosen instrument. That guy who's literally on his way to kill you and take away your freedom and puts you in jail, Yep, that guy, that guy is my chosen instrument. I'm, 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 I'm kinda halfway through, but I'm gonna ask the worship team actually to come up and help me. That guy. I mean, this is, this is, this is the gospel right here. This, this this, is the good news. Uh, you ready for some good news? This, this, is, this is the good news. As he neared, as he got close with the law in his pocket to imprison, to take away freedom, to beat, to whip, to put people in a bad situation because they did X and so they deserve Y and that's it. The law is the law, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. Thou shalt, thou shalt not law in his pocket as he neared. Listen, as the law neared, the law was so close, it was creeping up behind you whether you knew it or not. It was on its way to take away your freedom, to make you struggle, to make you think in your mind, man, I'm, I'm such a bad person, there's, there's no way that I can ever be used as the law was just creeping up on you. Jesus steps into the situation, shines a light, and literally calls you out by name. He takes our place, like as if you were in court, and, and the prosecution is standing up and telling everything that you did, all the horrible, horrible things that you've done, and the whole court knows the verdict. Everybody knows what's supposed to happen now. I mean, there's, there's, there's little chance that you're gonna get off the hook. I mean, even you know what the verdict is. You know what you've done. And just as the judge is about to slam down the gavel and says, the wages of sin is death, Jesus stands up, walks over, and he says, hey man, move over and he stands in your place. He didn't break the law, he covers the law, but he stands in your place. He says, I got this. The law was that close to imprison you and take away your freedom and you deserved it all. And then Jesus calls us by name, shines a light on our situation and he takes our place. I mean, when you think of Saul in the most darkest, blinded moment of his life. Confused state, just like what in the world is happening right now? Things could not get any worse. And then Jesus stands up and it's this amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch. into this situation. And he's like, Saul, Saul, I got this. I know you were on the wrong track. I, I, I know you were about to do some stuff. I, I know what you did in the past, but hey. Others may count you out. Others may think you're done. But you, you're my chosen instrument. And at this moment now, everything changes for Saul. Everything changes. Everything changes. It is a game changer. It is a name changer. Everything changes from this moment. And he goes from persecuting the church to protecting the church. He goes from the Old Testament law to New Testament grace. He goes from the written word to the living word. He goes from this Old Testament to writing 13, possibly 14 books of the New Testament, he goes from murderous threats to love letters, he goes from Saul to Paul. Hey, every single time in the Bible there's a name change, it's right after God speaks to that person and there's this divine revelation of who God is and then a new revelation of a new calling on that person's life be it Abram to Abraham, Sarai to Sarah, Jacob to Israel, Simon to Peter, Saul to Paul. Every single time there was a divine revelation of who God is and who that person was called to be. There was a new mission, there was a new message, there was a new course for their life. And everything changes now at this moment for Saul. And now it's Paul. And Paul is so excited about this message that he's like, man, everybody's got to hear this message. Everybody needs to know now what I know. Everybody needs to know what saved me. Everybody's got to hear it. And so uh, Paul starts, like, I mean, pacing maybe back and forth. I can't imagine what was going on in the moment. And, and whether it was Paul was free or in jail, he was like, man, everybody's got to hear this message. And so he starts to write letters. He starts to write letters, and so he he says, guys, I got something to tell you, and he starts with the Romans, so he says to the Romans, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death, and to the Corinthians, the sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. He, Jesus, has enabled us to be ministers of his new covenant. This is a covenant not of written laws, but of the Spirit. The old written covenant ends in death, But under the new covenant, the Spirit gives life Into the Galatians. You who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated, cut off from Christ. You have fallen away from grace to the Ephesians because of his great love. God made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith into the Philippians. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. Having canceled to the Colossians, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross, to the Thessalonians, we have been appointed to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who loved us and by his grace gave us hope, and to Timothy, he says, this is this grace that was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time, to Titus, he saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that, having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs, having the hope of eternal life to Philemon. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. And just in case he wrote Hebrews, since the law made nothing perfect and a better hope is introduced, Jesus is the better covenant. Law loses, grace wins. Law loses, Jesus wins. Come on, let's sing this. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Our mission here at Christ Uncensored House of Worship is to love God, love people, and love life. Kuhau is a place where our story is still being written. Together, we can do more than we can ever do alone. If this message has encouraged you and you wish to partner with us in taking this message all across the world, go to kuhau.com give or follow us on any social media platform. Thank you in advance for your support and generosity. Come and begin a whole new journey with us.